there and welcome. I'm Rabbi Nachometh with the Las Vegas Kolel. John Tyler is a classic example of an anonymous president that's long been forgotten by history. He was born in 1790, and in the election of 1840, he would run as William Henry Harrison's vice president. Harrison was the great general and victor of the Battle of Tippecanoe, and the election of 1840 had one of the greatest presidential slogans of all time, Tippecanoe and Tyler too. They would win that election, and upon inauguration, Harrison would speak for more than two hours, the longest inauguration address ever. Well, he caught pneumonia. It was a freezing cold day when he spoke, and he would die a little bit more than 30 days into his office, and Tyler would take over as president. This was the first time a vice president would take over upon the death of a president, and this would happen eight times in American history. Tyler set the precedent of what that transition would look like, because you see, the Constitution isn't all that clear about what happens when a vice president takes over upon the death of a president. Many in his cabinet questioned the legitimacy of Tyler's presidency and wouldn't even call him President Tyler. They would call him things like acting president. But Tyler demanded that he be viewed as a full president with all the powers and authority of that office. And he demanded that anyone who wouldn't acknowledge him as such leave his cabinet. And he set the president for the precedent for all future generations whenever a vice president would take over that they would actually take on all the power and authority of a regular and ordinary president. Tyler only served one term, and he would eventually die in the early 1860s. When we think about John Tyler and his presidency, it can sometimes feel very hard to connect with it. After all, it was so distant. It was in an age so long ago. And it could be very hard to identify and feel that John Tyler and his presidency is somehow in any way really a part of our lives so many years later. After all, it was so long ago. There's a remarkable verse in, Deuteron- in Deuteronomy. Guard yourself, guard your soul very, very much. Don't forget that, that which your eyes saw. And don't forget from your heart all the days of your life. Teach your children. And to your grandchildren. That great day that you stood before God at Mount Sinai. Ramban, Rabbi Moshe Nachmanides, writing in the late 1200s, points out, this is actually one of the 613 mitzvahs in the Torah. There's a commandment not to forget revelation at Sinai. And Ramban explains, he says, the reason why this is so central and so important to Judaism is because had God just communicated the Torah and his divine will through a single prophet, let's say had God only revealed himself to Moses as an example. Well, Ramban points out it's very possible that at a later date or at a later time, a second prophet might emerge and give us version 2.0, a new updated system of Judaism, and perhaps revoke or take away some of the mitzvahs which God had originally commanded. Therefore, God experienced for us the divine revelation at Sinai. The Torah was given not just through a prophet, but every Jew experienced revelation at Sinai. 
two, three million people all saw, they were all part of the experience of Revelation at Sinai, where God tells us the, that we should, we should never forget, I gave you the Torah, not just through one person, but through three million people. And therefore, if someone would ever arise in the future and say, you know what, God's amending or changing his Torah, well, we all know that that's false because millions and millions were there to experience Revelation at Sinai. Ramban continues, this is why we have the Misora, that sacred tradition where generationally we pass down father to son, mother to daughter, that idea that it wasn't just one person who experienced Revelation at Sinai, but rather it was millions. This is the cornerstone of the Jewish belief and system of faith. It wasn't just one person who experienced Revelation, rather it was millions. When we think about Revelation at Sinai, we we think about that experience Sometimes we can feel, well, it was so distant. It was more than 3,330 years ago. And it's very easy for us to feel that, you know what, that was in a, in a generation long gone. And it can feel almost like an abstraction. And then I was thinking, a long time ago, what does that even mean? The very words, a long time ago, if you really think about it, it's all relative. Is 3,000 years a long time or is that a short time? Well, it depends what you're comparing it to. If the universe is 15 billion years old, well, 3,000 years is just a blink of an eye. And it really got me thinking. We view Revelation at Sinai as being so, so long ago in the distant, distant past. Is that really the case? Maybe if we look at the Revelation and experiences at Sinai through a different lens, maybe it's not all that long ago. And then I was thinking back about the presidency of John Tyler. He was born in 1790, 230 years ago. Is that a long time ago? Or is that maybe very, very short? Well, again, it depends on how you view things. What's remarkable about John Tyler, if you use him as an example, is that Tyler had many, many children. He was married twice. And he actually had a child very late in his life when he was 63 years old. That child's name was Lion Tyler. Well, Lion Tyler lived a long life as well, and he also had children very late in life. As a matter of fact, he had a child when he was 75 years old. That child's name was Harrison Tyler. Harrison Tyler, as of this recording on June 3rd, 2020, to the best of my knowledge, Harrison Tyler is still alive. That's right. President John Tyler, who dies in the early parts of President Lincoln's administration, John Tyler, the 10th president of the United States, who was alive during the time of George Washington. John Tyler has actually two living grandchildren. And it highlights to me that when we talk about a long time ago, let's not get fooled by something being a long time ago, because a long time ago, is it's, that's a relative term. It depends what we're contrasting it with. Is John Tyler the year 1790, is that a long time ago? Well, when we think about a grandchild to a grandparent, I don't think of that being a long time ago. John Tyler has living grandchildren. And if we actually would start and kind of expand on that, if one generation can get us back all the way to 1790 and John Tyler, well, if we think about, well, who is John Tyler's John Tyler? If you do the math and add another 20, 230 years and move backwards, well, John Tyler's John Tyler would be around, be alive in the mid-1500s. 
With just two generations, I got us back to the times of the Shulchan Arach, Rabbi Yosef Cairo, and the author of The Code of Jewish Law. You add two more John Tylers to that, I've got you back to the times of Rashi. If you do the math, it takes only 14 or 15 of these John Tylers to get us all the way back to the revelation at Sinai. I ask you again, is 3,000 years a long time? Or perhaps it's a lot shorter than we think. You just need a room of 14 or 15 John Tylers, and I can get you all the way back to the revelation at Sinai. It's our sacred duty to connect with the revelation at Sinai. Ramban tells us it's one of the mitzvahs, it's one of the commandments in the Torah. Never to forget, let's remember that revelation at Sinai. It's such a cornerstone, it's the foundation of Jewish belief. Let's not think that it's such a long time ago. It is, but it isn't. Did John Tyler live so long ago? 